Hello everyone, and welcome back to Cinema Gems, and as always, I'm your host, the Admirable Admiral, and as the munching you hearing in the background is, of course, the fantastic Miss Frida and the Honorable Tesla munching and chewing on some food, not popcorn, for a wonderful spoopy movie that we have a very special guest here for. But before we enter, even enter that, guys, we just have to remember that video stores still exist. Yes, they do. Just gotta look for them. I know that's really weird and interesting and different, but hey, it's a very special episode. But all I gotta say, guys, is he's here. Like a good neighbor, Dr. Almont Kringle is back. How's it going, buddy? What's up, everybody? It's your friendly neighborhood, Dr. Almont Kringle. Just coming in to review another one of my uh, favorite childhood movies. <laughs> uh, Admiral? Hi. Yeah, what about me? I mean, yeah, I agree. I'm also excited Dr. Alma Kringle is back, but, like, order of operations, buddy. Come on. <laughs> um, he he is higher than you. I'm just letting you know oh, that. Fully aware. <laughs> fully aware. Uh, but, hi, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome to Cinema Gems. We are another show on the internet where a bunch of nerds talk about stuff for an hour. Most of the time, movie-related. Uh, yeah. It's October. We're doing spooky shit. We got our friend back who loves spooky shit. Let's fucking go. <laughs> like last time, this is a so, Spielberg adjacent project. <laughs> like I think of. he wrote and didn't direct, right? But like produced. He did a lot. These fingerprints are all. He over basically him. directed it, but Toby Hooper got all the credit. <laughs> and I. And he wrote the screenplay, but he didn't actually write another screenplay for almost another 20 years after this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Which was the, the fantastic movie AI, Artificial Intelligence. Wow. I actually, I didn't hate it. I'm one of a handful <laughs> of people who didn't hate it. It wasn't movie. that bad. I'm going to have to watch it again. It's like, fucking I, I weird. Was, I was very cynical about it when I first saw it, um, but I, I, I'd be open to rewatching. Um. You heard that, everybody? <laughs> to tweet at us at cinemagems underscore pod uh, and tell us how much you want us to review AI artificial intelligence. <laughs> okay, let's go. Let's go for it. It follows. <laughs> let's go for it. I mean, I want to have Dr. Almont Kringle back one last time for Paul Verhoeven's RoboCop for the holiday season because it's all about consumerism. Yeah. I actually just watched the uh, newer one recently for the second or third time. Oh, it's okay. Oh. It's it's not it's not right. terrible. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't have the punch. Of it's kind of bland. Hovens. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the remake. <laughs> I was shocked at the H. Well, yeah, yeah, the remake. The remake doesn't have quite the punch of the first one. Like um, I like the guy that played the guy who became RoboCop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Sam, I'm pretty sure Sam Jackson was the villain, right? Uh, Gary Oldman, Sam. Like, yeah. Sam Jackson was one of the villains. But I agree, we should totally have Dr. Almond Kringle back for Paul Verhoeven's Robocop, because yeah. fuck yes. Yeah, that was, that was, I'm shocked at how young I saw that. Uh, <laughs> speaking of this, so I was really young when I saw Poltergeist for the first time. I was probably legit under 10, and I watched Poltergeist. Well, you know, it was rated P. Exactly! So, exactly! Yeah. <laughs> which is the trippy, which is the, the... The, the, one of the biggest things I took away from this movie was, like, this shock that this movie was PG. 
Um, you know, like it was originally a rated R movie, but Spielberg apparently went to the mat fighting for this movie to wow. be G and I mean PG and he, you know, he got his way <laughs> wow. as he mostly did in this movie. I mean, to be fair, there's no real yeah. blood per se. There's some scary shit, but there's no, re- so like, here's, here's why I come in on this. Um, I saw the movie after I had seen Family Guy's bit about Peter Geist, mm-hmm. which is literally just a con- as I found out earlier today. I watched it all the way through for the first time, literally early earlier today. Okay, <laughs> is the first time I had ever seen it all the way through was less than four hours ago. That's crazy. Is it still <laughs> sitting with you? But I am a little bit. Yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to talk about it when it was fresh, so I like waited to the last second. That totally wasn't just a procrastination thing. It was. It was <laughs> not at all. <laughs> um, but no, Doctor Ramon Kringo, how young were you when you saw this film for the first time? Um, I don't know. Like, I guess, I guess, I probably would have been maybe twelve or so. Mm. Um, but. I, yeah, I, I don't remember exactly how old I was. Um, but, like, yeah, I mean, I, I was probably around that age, you know, when I saw this. Like, I, I, I think I saw Jaws pretty early, too, and that was probably, you know, earlier than I should have seen oh that. <laughs> um, I was probably, like I said, uh, just about under 10. And all I remember is the giant skeleton beast at the end, the swimming pool of actual live skeletons that were cheaper to get to fake skeletons, mm-hmm. and... Also, mm-hmm. just the tennis balls. That's about all I remember because everything else is blacked out because it's so intense. And also the face peeling scene. Yeah, it's very peeling. intense. It's, I it's, mean, what, what about the guy? Yeah, the face peeling. I mean, that was that that by itself. Like I thought. Yeah. I mean, I I thought the even the voices from the closet yeah. were intense as fucking. Like had to be some of the stuff that like you know, nightmares are made out of, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and I, I also, I, I learned after I watched the movie, um, I guess I watched it. Okay. So I watched this movie at, you know, I guess I started watching it about 12 o'clock at night. Oh God. Um, maybe, maybe just after that. Right. <laughs> so no, thanks. I'm good. At, <laughs> at one eleven. All the lights went off. What? While I was watching the movie, and I asked my wife, I was like, you know, the next day, like, cause I, you know, she was already asleep, so I, I asked my wife, I was like, so, did you like, you know, did you have an alarm to turn the lights off through the Alexa or something last night? She was like, no, like, why would I turn the lights off at one eleven? Dude. And and I was like, you, you know, like, you think it was like, and you know, did you? You sure you didn't do anything? Like she was like, no. That's like why would nuts. I do that? And so she starts talking about one eleven as like a a ghostly hour, what um, because it's one one one, and like and you know like I don't believe in ghosts, but I don't not believe in ghosts. You know, like to, I'm, to I'm quote kinda, Michael Scott, I'm not superstitious. I'm a little stitious. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm quite a bit stitious, but not superstitious. Yeah. Um, that, so that's like, so fucking creepy. But it was weird. <laughs> I, I just wanted to throw that out there that like that literally happened while I was um, watching this movie. But I said I was saying that to get to the point that 
I actually learned that there, you know, that the shaman, the guy that played the shaman in the movie, yeah. actually, um, for one thing, he died pretty recently after the movie. For another thing, he performed an actual uh, exorcism on the site of the uh, at the house of the movie what? after filming finished. What the fuck? Yeah. That's fucked up. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what they get for... Do, do, do we want to talk about this already? That the skeletons were totally not fake? Oh, yeah, no. They weren't. The skeletons were Did you know about the curse of this movie? No, uh, I, I think Dr. Omar Kringle's got notes. <laughs> okay, the, do you want to talk about the teenage girl first? Or the little girl? Uh, Y'all go for it, because so, I don't know anything about this. This is nuts. So the little girl passed away after the movie um because of some intestinal like disease oh. that she had apparently um and then for one i learned that the older daughter um was actually like a lot older like she was playing like a 16 year old yeah. she was really like 22 what? and she was like only a couple years younger than the parents what the fuck? <laughs> Uh, but she died too. What? what how, uh, she she was murdered by her boyfriend. Is that right? What? Yeah, she was murdered by her b- boyfriend. What yeah, like the fuck. And I think both of them were before the premiere of the second uh, Poltergeist movie. Yeah. Uh, that's why there's. They said that there's a curse on this movie is because they use actual dead body skeletons, like actual skeletons instead of fake ones. So they say that that's a curse. Is a poltergeist curse? Yeah, no but shit. people also say because, like, yeah. I'm sorry. How yeah. how fucking oblivious do you have to be to know that your movie is about a curse that is put on a house? Spoiler for a now like what forty year old movie? <laughs> I guess exactly forty years. Exactly old. forty years old this year. Um. That, like, the whole reason the curse is on the house is because it's built on a fucking Indian burial ground. And the movie company was like, yeah, we relocate fucking uh, graveyards. But, like, they didn't really. They were real fucking lazy and shady about it. You know, gave the full landlord special with the white paint and everything. And this house is still in existence. Yep. Oh, my God. It was worth one point, like, five or seven million, I think. What the fuck? Yeah. They should. They should have a. They should literally have a little, a little thing that says sw- a home sweet haunted home. Yeah. that's what they should put. I mean, like four people died during, or not during, but like after, during or after the filming of this movie, and fuck? then in the second movie, at least like two to three people died. What the fuck? During or yeah. after the filming of that? Yeah, Coach is the only one to his has career not be affected by this movie. Greg Nelson, Craig T. Yeah, yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. Like that's that's absolutely crazy. Yeah. Also known. Also, he's uh, he's uh, the the par dad from. He's Mister Incredible. Uh, yeah. For a lot of people who okay. don't. Okay, that's oh, why I, I recognize his voice. Okay. okay. <laughs> I mean, I also know him from Coach. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. I, I mean, because my dad yeah. used to watch Coach. Yeah, I definitely yeah. remember Coach. Um, maybe that's how I wanted to watch it. I was like, hey, Coach is in a movie. And my dad was probably like, oh, yeah, that movie. And then he's just like, we're going to watch it together. I was like, holy shit. What the fuck am I watching? <laughs> What's happening? Um, oh, also, all we have to say is 
that yes, we're gonna jump around in the movie, but hey, the like like previously stated, the movie's forty years old. Now but that being said, this it's, is a movie that depending on how old you are now, uh, when you were raised, because these two fine gentlemen who are a little bit older than me and probably got a chance to see it in theaters or freshly out of theaters. By by the time I was movie watching age, there was enough time for parents to build a list of movies that are like, okay, it's PG on on the page. I'm not letting you watch this until you're moving out of my house. Like Alien, this Aliens, uh, uh, The Exorcist, like all movies that you know were like. GPG when they came out because the rating system was fucking broken. Even though it's yep. even it's gotten even more broken since. Um, but yeah, this can be a good ga- a good gauge of like, if you're young, when do you want to watch this movie? Or if you have kids, when do you want to let them watch this movie? Like, what do what when do you think is an appropriate time to introduce a movie that is this intense to a younger kid? I think probably that can fifteen. Be up to every parent. Now, just to interject here, as I like to do on the reviews that I've been on, um, I'd like to bring up the other films of this genre that were released this year. Okay. okay? Oh, I um, love this segment. Yeah, I love so, this segment. So, first of all, I just want to say that this movie was the top-grossing movie of Toby Hooper's career. Yeah. Like. This was, you know, way bigger than, uh, what was it, um, the Stephen King e. movie? Um, it? No, the Stephen or, King movie. Um, Carrie? Uh, no, 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 Graveyard Shift. Oh, oh yeah. This was way bigger than Graveyard Shift, oh, for, shit. you know what I'm saying? So, um, this was like his, his big dog. But, to me, there were several movies on this list, or at least one to two movies on this list, that would bump a little bit higher for me. Um, all right, so the list we got is The Thing. Yeah. John Carpenter, classic, easily one of my top, you know, five or three horror movies. Another very intense movie. Incredible yeah. movie. With lots of Definitely awesome Definitely did not effects. see that in the theaters because I, I don't know what, like that, that was such a scary movie to me when I was a kid. And it's, it's such a fantastic movie to me as an adult. Um, another one that like not a lot of people have seen, and I don't know that a lot of people are familiar with, is The Entity. Mm, okay. Which was very similar to The Poltergeist, but it was just kind of like bound to one person. Yeah. And it would fuck with the one person like over and over again. Wow. Um, another one is like a B-movie basket case, maybe C-movie. Um no, I, I don't remember seeing Basket Case, but I, I remember the uh, I remember the cover when I saw it. Um, then we got Creep Show, which nice. you know, I think we all seen. Yeah. Um, good 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 film. Actually, uh, just borrowed it from a good friend of mine. Uh, we got Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. We oh, got shit. we got Swamp Thing. Oh my god. We got the uh, the controversial Halloween Three. Oh wow. Uh, the classic Slumber Party Massacre. What? I've never seen that. <laughs> what? And, and Parasite. It's, it's a bunch of, uh, you know, Slumber Party yeah. participants and very long knives. What what did people <laughs> in uh, the 80s in suburbia fear the most? <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Oh, hey. Also, speaking about uh, Spielberg 
classics. Uh, did you know that E.T. and uh, Poltergeist were filmed 20 minutes away from each other? That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that's, how, that's how Spielberg was able to keep such a close eye on uh, poor, oh, poor yeah. Mr. Hooper. <laughs> well, well, the best part is, is I don't know if you uh, heard about this, Lionel, but you probably have. Apparently, in like some interviews, people are like, Oh, I know exactly what an executive producer does. Oh, really? Yeah, Spielberg. They would say the director would say action, and Spielberg would be like, "Do what you yeah, like. Let him do it." Then he would say cut, and then Spielberg would walk over to the actors and be like, "I need you to do it like this. I need you to do it like this." Uh, do you know why? Do you know why he had to get someone else to direct it? Uh, he was contractually forbidden. Because he was working on, he was supposed to be working on ET. I mean, we know he was working on ET, but like it sounds like he was working on this movie as much as Toby was working on this movie. <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly what it is. He was he was wow. it was a part of the uh, I think the guild, uh, the Actors Guild of America that he couldn't work on two projects simultaneously, and that's why he almost lost his guild card because of that. Because he, did anyway. he yeah. <laughs> yeah. fucking madman. Um, oh, also, did you uh, did you catch the name of the uh, the neighborhood? Uh, Cuesta Verde, which I believe means green coast or green slopes. It's green slope, green slope in Spanish. Yes. It, it's. I don't think that's a real place. No, I don't it? think so I mean, either. I mean, look, you got a mad painting. For certain scenes in this movie, which, by the way, is amazing. I love whenever they show the matte paintings in the back. Why can't we go back to matte paintings? It's also, watching this movie 40 years after the fact uh, is weird because then you have to actually, like, again, if you're, like, closer to my age, you gotta go through YouTube and Google and be like, uh, what the hell is a planned community? Uh, What the hell was that like in the 80s? And all of the huge uh, upscaling of, like, just demolishing land and building new new houses on top of it that all look exactly the same <laughs> or almost exactly the same yeah. uh like that's a weird thing i've only ever yeah i'm yeah uh, but but look 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 we're gonna talk about this all day but basically basically the we're, we're starting 18 minutes in we're gonna start about the plot of poltergeist 1982 <laughs> All right. So basically, like we specifically did what we did last week because we knew this week would be a longer episode. Exactly. <laughs> Go watch last week's episode, guys. Uh, she Hulk of Power. We were talking about rings of uh, rings of power and She Hulk in one episode. We don't know how we do it, but we did it. So enjoyable show. One of the more stressful episodes we've we've done actually. That was <laughs> oh. interesting. Oh, it was hilarious. Um, but so uh, basically, uh. Dan, uh, oh God! What, I can't think. C- Coach, you you got this out. Coach, come on. I'm just gonna call him Coach because that's who he is. Craig T. Nelson, mm-hmm. Coach, yeah, uh, is a developer and a, a sort of salesman for this community. Real estate agent, right? And he's in phase yeah. one, and they're going out to phase three. Um, and there's some little strange happenings going around, like people get pulled across. Uh. The the floor Spooky and then shit happens in the house. Yeah, and you know what? Like honestly, if you want the meat and potatoes of the plot without the super spooky shit of the movie, go back and watch the Family Guy episode of Peter Geist. It's basically the plot, <laughs> but like funnier and with 
Herbert doing, you shall not pass. <laughs> Which I was a little bit disappointed when I didn't see a creepy old man going, you shall not pass to a uh, practical <laughs> effects demon face. Right. Uh, but yeah, so uh, basically you can go watch Peter Geist or you could watch the original and then appreciate Peter Geist better than Poltergeist or whatever you appreciate more. Um, but uh, basically, uh, comes to find out, Spooby Ship starts to happen and all kinds of things go bump in the night, apparently when static is, which I don't know if you were aware of this, uh, uh, but my show, but at night they would like, when the, when the broadcast was ending, they would play the national anthem and then end. Yes, uh, and I have a question for all the band nerds listening to this. Uh, when you heard the national anthem playing on TV when you watched this movie, which part did you hum along with? Uh, which part? <laughs> I'm just going to leave it there. I personally hummed along to the tuba part. Uh, of course you did. <laughs> of course you did. Um, but no, the daughter um, ends up missing because a giant tree attacks um, the middle child in the middle of a tornado. And look, it sounds yeah. really fucking weird, but it's really fucking weird movie. But it's a good fucking weird movie. Uh, and it's it's the best kind of yeah. weird movie, and we haven't even started yet. Um, but Caroline gets sucked away, and then I love how I love how the mom and dad I are just expected this movie a lot more. Just deal with it. When uh, when I saw it recently, because I it, it was definitely like I appreciated a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the practical effects really outshine a lot of modern uh, computer effects. A lot of that has to do with crunch time culture, but we got into that last yeah. week with She-Hulk. So. But but also, also Poltergeist and E.T. were up for best effects and best musical score, and they and Poltergeist lost to E.T. Obviously, because it's E.T. You can't win against E.T. But that three Oscars. Uh, what Poltergeist? Yeah, yeah. What Oscars did it get? Oh, hold up! I can pull it up. I can pull it up. Uh, <laughs> Let me scroll down all the Wikipedia okay. page to the awards. Give me a second. Well, Academy Awards. Uh, oh, so it did not win any Academy Awards. It was nominated for Best Original Score, Best Sound Effects Editing, and Best Visual Effects. It won. Saturn Awards oh. for Best Horror or Thriller Film, Best Makeup, and Best Supporting Actors. Oh. Um, yeah, it was nominated for a whole bunch more Saturn Awards and won a BAFTA Award for Best Special, Best, uh, special Effects. Ah, uh, BAFTA. The more proper Oscars. What I take from that is don't believe everything I read uh. on the internet. <laughs> I it's still better than still better than the notes we have sometimes. Um, you come more prepared than we do. Uh, uh, and then uh, Carol Ann gets taken away, um, and then they go to uh, which I'm a, okay. So I didn't realize that this was a thing because I saw I saw Gold, Ghostbusters and then I saw Poltergeist. So so wait, does every college have like a paranormal study? That people like actually like give money from the college to study like this is a thing, like I thought this was a joke in I mean, Ghostbusters. I, 
I, I was very disappointed when I got to college, and that was not a course of study. Okay. Like, I, I don't know if you looked for it in the catalog. I sure as hell did, and I was very disappointed to not find it anywhere in either the college I went to by Texas or the community college down here. I mean, it's also the South, so you're probably not going to find anything. Maybe, maybe... But, like, it's the part of the South that is definitely the yep. most haunted. Oh, with racist ghosts. So you with fi- racist you ghosts. figure they would, they would uh, offer yeah. that shit down here. Um, but, yeah, so they go to this the, the this college, and they're like, hey, our daughter. Oh, it's like, and they're just like, oh, it's don't worry about it. We, we, we've dealt with this. We've watched the car move, uh, sit, <laughs> move two meters uh, over – a span of eight hours, and they're like, oh, really? And I love how they just open the door and shit's flying around. You see Hulk riding a fucking uh, horse. You see the fucking, oh, yep. like, just everywhere. And they're like, oh, shit. And, they, and I love the next shot when they're drinking the tea and they basically can't hold it still. Like, <laughs> I was glad they went with that Clearly instead of the teeth chattering. I, I will say one thing that this movie really did have going for it was all the actors played their parts fantastically, and they all played reasonably traumatized pretty fucking well. Probably because they were like... <laughs> it sounds like it was kind of traumatizing on set. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, and so then a uh, gentleman uh, goes to eat a steak, and the steak comes alive, I guess, and then he starts to pull his face down, and that's another iconic scene. That people go for and, you know. Which is great for a PG rated yeah. movie. Right? <laughs> Which, God. by the way, I love how he's like, I'm going to go grab something. He grabs a steak and doesn't even ask if he could cook it. He just starts co- he starts getting it ready. Like, oh, I know where the pans are. I'm going to start cooking. Sorry, that's a that's a personal invasion. A raw steak on, on the counter. Nothing under it, just a raw steak on the counter. Mm-hmm. Have fun wiping that down. <laughs> yeah, but no countertops were cleaner in the eighties. Oh, okay. <sighs> okay. Okay. Uh, this this was either either right before or right around when they said you couldn't smoke uh, right indoors, right? <laughs> or like, yeah. Um, yeah. Smoke cigarettes while walking your baby. <laughs> uh, while breastfeeding your baby. Don't. Don't. That was a a really bad joke, and I realized as it was coming out of my mouth, don't, don't by any means do that. Uh, And then they finally realize that Carol Ann is in the is in the TV. I guess you can hear her better on Channel Three. I'm like, okay, that was a nice touch, and I was like, that was an interesting choice, but I also like that. You know that that's that was. Well, Channel Three was always one of the channels that had the strongest signal. So it was always like NBC right. or something like that, um, at least when when I was growing up. And so like that was probably like Channel because... Three was all ah! Nintendo for me. Oh God! <laughs> now your Nintendo's haunted. <laughs> oh wait, no, doubt. no, no doubt. My old Game Boy Advance SP is haunted. Um, no doubt. And uh... but we also have to be thankful that uh, Drew Barrymore actually got passed over. For, oh yeah! For Carol Ann, uh, she was originally slotted in uh, to yeah. play Carol Ann, and then apparently um, Heather O'Rourke uh, was somebody that uh, Spielberg, I guess, saw 
in the commissary eating lunch one day. And so Drew Barrymore obviously moved over to E.T. And Heather O'Rourke acquired the curse of Poltergeist. Yeah, that's fucked. (laughs) Uh, yeah, no, I mean, w- the way that the way that he chose Drew Barrymore for a role instead of, it's just like, wow, how amazing is Spielberg? Like, mm. how can he see certain things? Yeah. And both of these people, both of these little girls were perfect in their, you know, in in their roles. I think yeah, the little girl who played movies. Carol Ann was, you know, just oh, like perfect in every way. Yeah, just like this doe-eyed little girl that was like too just curious. the right amount of, just the right amount of annoying <laughs> by the way <laughs> but to still like just enough to still be totally lovable and then like you are genuinely worried about her when she disappears i mean you can hear her screaming through the walls and when uh I, the the little lady who i'm gonna call grandma gideon because she reminds me way too much of little gideon from oh, okay falls mm. Right. The, the exorcist yeah. lady. This house yeah. is clean. Uh, when she fucking comes in. Uh, there, there was a point where Craig T. Nelson, dad was like in the closet with the rope and uh, Grandma Gideon's over there like, come closer to the light. What do you mean come closer to the light? You told them to go away. Come closer to the light. I thought oh. she had a heel turn. Yeah. I, I thought that was like a yeah, split second heel about. turn yeah. of like... Uh, yeah, no, your uh, daughter's soul is mine now. I thought, yeah. Pfft, yeah, yeah I, I, I can I can feel that. Uh, I, can I feel also that. just like how they have the giant skeleton face. Uh, this this movie had me. Like, <laughs> y'all, if you've somehow never seen Poltergeist before, like, do a little research, see if you can handle it. It is um, intense, but if, uh, <laughs> if you can push through it, it's fun. And watch it after midnight. Watch no, it at, watch at it 1 1 1. If, you, if you're a wuss like me, no, don't no. start watching it one one one. Be like in the That's middle of it by one one one. Well, all we have to say is that the real question we have to ask the Bub Maestro is, what about Jerry Goldsmith, buddy? What is amazing about this music that you love? So Jerry Goldsmith, uh, who you might recognize his work from uh, a lot of Star Trek scores, uh, starting with I believe some of the original series movies and then going into next generation voyager deep space nine um he also wrote the 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 score not the songs for mulan uh which is why his score for first contact sounds exactly like the score for mulan it's i'm not lying go listen to it wait as in mulan and then mulan the disney movie yes the score yes the the disney movie the animated disney movie mulan Mm. The soundtrack, the orchestral soundtrack, not the song. Okay. Not I'll Make a Man Out of You. The actual orchestral score. The theme is exactly like Star Trek, uh, I believe it's First Contact. Okay. I think it's First Contact. I could be wrong about that. Someone fact check me. <laughs> Brent Spiner fact check me. I don't know. Oh, oh Will, Wheaton. Will Wheaton. <laughs> Will Wheaton will fucking fact check me. He told yeah, me Will Wheaton. He, he you get his email every other day. Yeah, I, I, I did hear I, I just never tell you. Um, so so you liked having um you liked having Jerry Goldsmith on this, like could could you see anyone else in the role? 
I, I was also a little bit confused at times because it did sound very much like a Williams score. Uh, and this felt like a very Spielberg movie, as y'all pointed out. And I, I wouldn't be surprised to find out that either Williams ghost wrote or maybe co-wrote some of this score without credit, or if Goldsmith is just that good of a composer that he can emulate other composers' styles. Did Goldsmith do The Omen? I believe so. I, that um, sounds familiar. So, so right now... Uh, uh. Okay, right now I was going to ask you a question to look up, but I'll talk about this, and then you can look up and we can read the lyrics. You, yeah. You have a different just, Jerry Goldsmith story about a specific yes. song in the movie that I had no idea what So, Carol Ann's theme. Um, now, this is orchestral only, but the song is by Jerry Goldsmith, but there's also lyrics written. It was supposed to be like a scary lullaby, like you know how, one, two, Freddy's coming for you. Like different, like different things like that. So basically, <laughs> yeah, it um, yeah. it it starts up as an evening shadow crawls deep and long, reaching across the bread, the bed. Mother and father hear hear children's prayers now that they bow their heads. Bless this house, bless this house, and the souls within through the night till it's day again. Listen to our hearts, and it just goes on, and it's like, what the fuck am I listening to right now? Like, I could go further, and it just gets into this weird thing where it's like, oh my god. And this, oh, and it just keeps going, and it's like, I can totally see why this is meant to be a lullaby, but it's weird that it's in fucking Poltergeist. <laughs> yeah. That would have been, that would have been extra creepy, because one two freddy's coming for you like is so iconic to that movie like yeah and it it it, it's like made itself into into like a thing uh and (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. uh also i I just got done fact checking something dr alma kringle brought up yes he absolutely wrote the score for the uh the original one uh as well as um yeah the original um Where'd you go? 1977. As well as Hoosiers, LA Confidential, Basic Instinct. Uh, these are all things he was nominated for Oscars for, by the way. The only one oh, wow. he won actually was the only He won a... Chinatown, Papillon, uh, the uh, first Planet of the Apes movie. With uh, yeah, with, Rodney, with Rodney McDowell. Uh, pa- oh, yeah, he did write Patton. That's right. Uh, That's a the fucking Planet of the score. Planet of the Apes with Rodney McDowell from uh, Fright Night. Yes, an amazing movie, and also in self. Uh, oh, and Zelda Rubinstein, Ruben, Rubinstein, Rubinstein uh, only filmed her part in six days. Mm-hmm. That's believable. They yeah. probably didn't need her for much. Well, and I also heard that she dealt like directly with Spielberg. White. Like that, she didn't even like work with Toby. Like, yeah. like what she, the fuck? Yeah, like I, I got the impression that she was like just yeah. working with Spielberg. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, that's 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 true. And it's just like wow, like wow, Spielberg definitely did not produce this. Only he also directed. <laughs> he he didn't release a lot of of uh, power to Toby Hooper. It sounds like oof. And also another interesting um, possible element of the curse ha- involved Zelda, um, and 
apparently, like, during the movie, she had a vision of her, like, she said she had a vision of her dog telling her goodbye, and then hours later, her mom called and said her wow. dog died earlier that day. What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> Yo! Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, and there's so many other, like, it, it goes into, like, the poltergeist you know, like I said, Poltergeist two, and then the the I think there was something after that. Like it, it was just like I'm sorry. Wait, there's yeah. really more of these. Those those aren't spoof titles that someone made up. Like there's actually yeah, a continuation you didn't yeah you didn't know that Poltergeist movie series what eighty six was Poltergeist oh they're bad the other side no I didn't know that they're bad I very specifically did not look that up yeah but once again like they still have people who. Died, you know, from in that movie. <laughs> Y'all, I swear to God, if if my apartment is somehow even more haunted now that I've watched this movie, I'm a I'm I'm a come to Florida. I'm gonna bother the admiral uh, and, be and like, the, no, the curse is yours now. And the dogs will take care of it. It's you okay. well, you don't own movie. it. You don't own the DVD. Okay, I own the DVD. You will just own. You just have it on the streaming service. Like I have the DVD. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, oh. I'm worse. I oh, pay okay, for cool. HBO. Um, I'm about to not be paying for. By HBO the way, do you want to talk HBO about the product placement the they've pulled for Star yeah, Wars? The, I'm waiting for Dragons to be over. The what? Oh what? yeah, the Star Wars. Yeah. yeah Star well, what Wars, about the uh, light switch? The C3PO light switch? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I gotta. I gotta. Try to find out where it is, but there was also some kind yeah. of... Yeah, okay, so you want to talk about the Pizza Hut reference that got cut from the movie? Okay, so... Yeah. So, in this... Right. What the fuck? But it was yeah, so the scene like where um, his wife slides across the, the, um, the, the floor... And they start talking about like, oh, let's get Pizza Hut, let's get Pizza Hut. Apparently, right, yeah. right after that, because it cuts abruptly to his neighbors, right? So, so, so apparently, yeah. he's just like, yeah. now I really hate Pizza Hut. And Pizza Hut saw the cut of the movie and go, no, people are gonna hate Pizza Hut, so cut that out of the movie. And they're like, okay, <laughs> all right. Wow. Yeah, so that part that's why there's an abrupt cut. That's why it's cut so weirdly is because of that. I I thought there were just a handful of editing moments that felt a little bit weird. Uh, Another one toward the end of the movie when they're all getting in the car and the house is being sucked into the black hole. No, he got in once, but... (laughs) I swear... I thought he got into the car, fumbled with his keys, and then they show him out of the car again. He gets back in Probably the car. Probably you're just traumatized because again, it's, it's that much of a movie. Shot. Do you know how they did that shot, by the way? Do you know how they did that shot? Not you know how they nine, sucked no. up the house? So they built a miniature of it no. and had a vacuum cleaner behind it and had two shotguns and blew up, blew with the, blew the shotguns at the same time as sucking it up. So that's why it's so slow and looks so weird is because they just manifested it over the film itself. So yeah, so the, they blew with the shotgun and sucked it up a vacuum. That's oh, how. <laughs> so I got, I got an interesting, uh, interesting point about that too. 
um, producer Frank Marshall called that shot or that sequence yep. the $250,000 sentence. A four-word description in Spielberg's script that yep. read, and, it's just and like, the house implodes. <laughs> wow. So basically, like, that yep. that scene cost yeah. as much as a real house. <laughs> yeah. What one sentence cost as much as a real house. Yeah. Uh, um, also, apparently, uh, Stephen King was approached to write the screenplay, but due to creative differences, he left the project. That yeah, makes sense. I heard that he felt like he he would be a sidekick or seen as, like, a sidekick or... or like crew or something He wasn't like that. wrong with how he, how they treated Toby Hooper. Yeah. He wasn't wrong. Uh, uh, and Spiel, I actually read that Spielberg had to apologize to Hooper in print wow. <laughs> after yeah. the movie. Also, also apparently funny. this is also Hooper's most well-known financially movie, mainly because of Spielberg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure, um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that... Uh, the, the, any of his movies are really good. I mean, Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre is not going to top that. I like that one a lot. Uh, oh, my God. But, um, so are there any parts that really, like, you remember a lot, Dr. Almond Kringle or But My Show? Are there any parts where you're like, oh, yeah, this, or oh, yeah, this? Because I don't know about you guys, but whenever uh, I would stay at a Holiday Inn, I would want to put the TV out, probably because of the movie, but legit just like little scenes that make you laugh or make you think about things because that's what i always think about when i see a holiday inn or stay at a holiday inn is pushing the tv outside (laughs) one of the some of the most intense moments of this movie for me uh because it brought me back to all the times i have sat through a hurricane and then there's the calm in the eye right before shit gets real again Mm -hmm. uh my favorite parts of this movie were the parts where they're all trying to stay calm while shit upstairs has kind of subsided for a minute and they're all just like waiting for shit to hit the fan again but like sipping their coffee or in in one case just downing a whole bottle of uh bourbon which i've done in a hurricane um (laughs) not by myself with anyway it's okay (laughs) if it's by yourself we don't judge we don't judge <laughs> Point is, those moments in this movie were so well done, and I actually really do appreciate them from having for putting time for those moments to give not just the characters a second to breathe, but the audience a second to breathe, while also not trusting that this is really a good moment to breathe. What uh, would you? Would, did you have any type of like scenes that stand out to you, Doctor Almond Kringle? Um, I mean, not so much that, but I thought one of the cool things that I picked up on while I was watching it was, um, you know, it kind of had this, like, big turn. Like, you went from, like, you know, everybody being in the house and blah, 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 and Carol Ann finding this spot in the kitchen where the chair would slide across, and, you know, and then the mom slides across, and then all of a sudden, like, it goes from being, like, this, like, you know, kind of benevolent family movie to like, you know, shit hits the fan. Yeah. And like, they're and like, yo, is this is serious now. Yeah. And like, you know, Carol Ann disappears and the whole, like the clown, like, you know, yeah. all that stuff. Like it, it just went from such a like, you know, kind of, kind of bland movie and not in a bad way. I'm not saying that negatively. I'm just saying that like, 
you know, it's just kind of like doo 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 doo. It lures you in with a sense of comfort and familiarity. Yeah, and that's that's one of the scariest things about yeah. the movie to me is like it makes you feel like it's okay that it's a PG movie, and then the second half of the movie is like this is R. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about yeah. what about the. It, it gets real. What about the calm after the storm? After they get Carol Ann back, and they're all like, like when I was little, I was like, oh, they're happy. I was like, why does he keep going? What's why? Are, why are you still staying in the house? Yeah, I also <laughs> thought something was up when uh, they they get out of the house uh, and they're telling everyone, you know, okay, leave. We're, we'll we'll leave this place tonight. We're not coming back. You know, I'll tell the oldest girl you you sleep over with your friend. Whatever. Well, she slept over with her boyfriend's car. We're gonna get the fuck out of here. I I paused my TV to get up and piss, uh, and I saw there was like thirty minutes left. It's <laughs> like whoa. Oh fuck, we're not done. I'm gonna piss and then I'm gonna sit down. And we're gonna finish this fucking movie and see what the fuck happens. And that's when Glados came. And watched the end of it with me. So was else. she basically? <laughs> they only watched the last. Was, 30 was minutes she? Of the was movie. she the? Was she uh, Craig T. Nelson's daughter? What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Was that her? <laughs> no, no. They were they were sitting there in mostly silence, reserved all their questions for the end. Saw the scene with the skeletons popping up out of the pool, and I saw the gears in their brain go. Wait a minute. Did they and took out their phone and immediately fact checked the thing they thought they heard, yep. which ended up being true about the skeletons being actual real. medical use bleached real skeletons, which the cast did not find out yep, about until that's, after that's, the fact. <laughs> she she spent what five six days in that pool of murky ass water with those skeletons, only to find out after the fact that they're real. Well, I also I also heard that uh, she was so nervous in the beginning. I guess maybe because there was like a storm or something like rolling up. Oh yeah, and uh, she made spiel like she thought there might be like loose cords or something like that, and so she made Spielberg or Spielberg stood in the corner of the pool while she was in it, just to prove to her that she wasn't gonna get electrified or anything like that, which is kind of you know. That's, I mean, you know, if if you're not the director of this movie, like, why are you doing that? Like, I mean, you know, like, he's he's, he's very, 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 very invested very in this Very hands-on. Very controlling, <laughs> yeah. maybe? Is that the right word for it? Maybe almost well, control Well, I mean, that's why, as you said, know. his fingerprints are literally all over this. Yeah. Um, all over it. Absolutely. But the, the one interesting thing about it to me is that from what I understand, um, this it was initially supposed to be something that follows like... Are you talking about Night Skies? Like kind of like something... A little bit of Yeah, yeah. It was supposed to be more of a sci-fi thing, but Hooper's not a sci-fi guy. Yeah. He's a horror guy, so he was like... We need this to be more of a yeah. horror thing than a sci-fi thing. So it was, um, it was adjusted kind of to fit uh, Toby Hooper as well, um, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, that I think you know, it rides the line of the two. Yeah, it really does. I mean, but Spielberg is like to me more of like I mean he he's he is kind of you know both like. 
he is sci-fi, but yeah. he also is very um, and like, also Indiana Jones. Yeah, I I can't think of anything Spielberg's done. Well, almost anything Spielberg's done that doesn't have at least a little bit of a whimsical takeaway. Something, yeah, uh, something kind of small, sometimes small, hopeful to take away at the end. And at the yes, like the end of this movie, all we have to take away is the dad just throwing the tv out of the hotel room no like, no let's be no, honest he gently rolls it out he still wants to get his deposit back he expects it to be there in the in the morning and bring it back um <laughs> no i was surprised well this is also 1982 they didn't have the word yeet in the dictionary <laughs> yeah and, 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 and it was also TV like really heavy too it was also really heavy god you're right an old tube TV um, with the knobs. Yep. God. Yeah. But yeah, but uh, but no. So. Uh, oh, that could be well. Beautiful. There Go might be another story. story. We don't know how many stories there are. Ooh. So. You better own that TV. Uh, so, oh yeah, we have a rating system here on Cinema Gems. The Cinema Gems is a podcast that you are listening to right now. Um, I don't know why I'm doing an ad for Cinema Gems in a pod in an episode podcast, but whatever. Uh, we have a rating system here on Cinema Gems. Full Gym, an amazing movie. Half Gym, an alright movie. No Gym, a horrible movie. Dr. Almont Kringle, what do you give 1982 Steven Spielberg produced, Toby Hooper directed, Poltergeist? You know, I, I honestly didn't respect it enough. Like, And, and I, I, I remember the movie being scary, but I, I didn't have enough respect for this movie before I saw it. Um, I definitely give it a full gem. It was it was a great rewatch. It's you know it's it's a little you know clunky in some aspects, but like a great great movie. Loved it. Uh, definitely would watch it again. Yeah, no, I'm fine. What do you give it? Uh, I'm really good. Oh, what do you give it, Bob Maestro? Oh, this is a whole gem for me. No hesitation. This is a whole gem. Yeah. I did not expect this movie to age so well. You, you have had me watch several other movies on this podcast uh, that are around the same age, maybe a little older, not as much, that have not aged very well, whether it's in the script, production, the special effects, uh, sound editing, like so many factors of this movie have aged spectacularly well. Uh, and like we said before, so a lot of the practical effects outperform and are genuinely creepier, genuinely get the effect across better than a lot of modern special uh, um, computer uh, generations. I, I also give it a full gym as well, only because it's one of the movies that I did see as a kid. So it had, does has a nostalgia, but it's also just an amazing masterpiece of a movie that does an abrupt, turn in about 33 minutes like right around the 33 minute mark it's like oh god what yeah, am i watching like what is going on <laughs> not wrong one 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 um but uh god. we just want you guys to know we want to hear what you thought about uh poltergeist uh from 1982 not the 2015 version um the 2015 remake i think with Oh, God. Justin Hammer from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I can't think of his name. Yeah. Oh, wow, really? 
Well, look, tell us what you thought about Poltergeist and other Spielberg movies and other Spielberg-adjacent movies at CinemaGems underscore pod on Twitter. Also, CinemaGems1515 at gmail.com. Uh, and you can tell us all about how much you want. For uh, RoboCop, Dr. Alman 1987. Come back on the show. <laughs> I'm fine with that. We know we do. <laughs> I'm really excited about that. I remember... I remember watching that movie at a friend's house uh, at a party, and I was, I, I was astonished. But then I remember watching the movie more recently, and like the first like quarter of that movie is like among the most violent movies yep. I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! We'll talk about that in December, buddy. We'll talk about that yeah, in sorry, December. Sorry. But you. no, but all we have, uh, I have one last question. How did you feel about? Um, the I guess appearance of Reefer in a mainstream movie. Did you catch that? The subtle uh, reference to Reefer. You know. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it was pretty. You know, it it, sh- it seems like it would have been pretty. It's California in the eighties. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but no, that was like one of the. This is one of the few movies that I like. Actually, I'm like, whoa, okay, this is mainstream. I'm surprised we didn't see a Swapper Jackson in the neighborhood. <laughs> A Swapper Jacks? Yeah, they, I'm sure they had them everywhere. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm surprised we didn't see a Swapper Jacks in the area. The infancy of Swapper Jacks. We're, we're going to once again give the Admiral uh, reason to edit and yep. <laughs> make this episode weird. Yep. Uh, it's going to be a abrupt edit, just like Pizza Hut, because, yeah. Um, <laughs> just like Pizza Hut. <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, uh, guys, we just want to be... We want to make sure that we're the podcast that you want to listen to. So let us know. Email us in and tweet at us and let us know what you want us to review or how you thought about certain things about what we thought about. Um, also, upcoming reviews. Let us know what you want us to review. Uh, guys, all we have to say is thank you, Marty and the Arrogant Observer, for letting us use your website, lowrampictures.com. Also, Kevin George, thank you for letting us use your music. And also, guys, please remember to go over when you're on lowrainpictures.com, go to the Your 30 tab and go check out Marty and the Arrogant Observer. They are su- very superb, high above us in the upper echelons of podcasting way more than we are. Um, all we have to say again, guys, is to make sure that you take care of yourself before you take care of others. Just remember that you need to heal yourself before you can heal anybody else. Um, but I'm, I'm going to help you out with the wording there real quick, Admiral, just so no one gets confused. Uh, take care of yourself so you can then take care of others. Like, give yourself time to recover. Give yourself the time you need so you can then get up and help others. That makes more sense. I know it's a slight edit, but, like, I can hear my psychologist friends going, Hey, not quite. <laughs> well, sorry, we're not licensed psychologists. But, yes, I know, but I know of at least one certified sociologist that actually listens to this show. Not oh, and that's fine. I'm glad that we have a listener. Um, I'm glad we have one. Yay, one listener. I, I know you're still listening, oh. JJ. I know you're still what about listening. Michael G. Kino? I'm waiting for him to listen. I'm waiting for Michael G. Kino. I have not gotten anything from the... So we did Werewolf by Night a few Ooh, weeks ago. I like that. Uh, and it's... Michael G, the co-composer Michael G. Kino's directorial debut, and we reached out to him on Twitter, on the yep. show, uh, like literally live air, did the tweet, 
Ah, nothing back from them yet. Oh, uh, now, keep I in mind, this is a week after, so you yeah. know we'll see. He might still be working on something. He's got he's got oh, a lot of stuff sure. going on. But guys, we just want to make sure that you give praise to Dr. Amon Kringu coming on for the third time this year, and hopefully Thank the fourth. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, no problem. So excited. I'm trying to clap as fast as I can. Uh, but all right, guys, all we have to say is that remember <laughs> to wipe your hooves and see you later. But remember, black lives always matter, guys. Always. Bye, guys. See you later. Bye, y'all. Boop, 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 boop.